This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you. Our big idea, we can develop resilience. Our promise, we'll show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Season three explores knowing and understanding your why, how it drives and fortifies our resilience. It's the first step in leveraging our 531 plan. We endorse and work with the Y Institute and their Y.OS algorithm. The nine Ys of this system create the backbone of season three, where each episode focuses on an individual Y. Let's learn about the why of right way. You believe that there's a proper and correct way to do things and that all things should be done right. There's no point in skipping on details or cutting corners. You know that if you create structures and processes that actually work, you can trust that the right results will follow. Today, we're joined by Kelly Lujan, who has this why, the why of right way. Kelly is a strategic optimizer who helps companies create processes and systems to drive predictable results. Having worked with multiple entrepreneurs over the years, she has a unique perspective on the demands a fast-paced work environment places on them and their teams. Kelly also specializes in fostering effective teams that can grow together by enhancing their strengths and natural tendencies. Kelly uses her finely tuned optimization skills alongside the insights and tools she's learned from coaches and mentors to uncover best practices for excellence in and out of the office. In her free time, she loves spending time with family and listening to country music. Well, welcome to Hashtag Resilience. We are thrilled to have you join us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yep. So first... If you love listening to country music, if you could go to any concert you wanted to, living or dead or passed away, what concert, who would you go see in the country music world? Oh, man, I recently actually just got to see two of them. So my favorite artist right now is Luke Combs. Oh. Um, I absolutely love him. He's an incredible performer. And then George Strait, who is the king of country music. Um, I actually got to see this past weekend. And so that was wow. definitely a bucket list for does me. George, does George straight to wear that, wear that big hat? Oh, yes, definitely. The hat, the boots, the whole thing. He sits up there with his guitar and his voice is incredible. I bet it was fantastic. If I could go <laughs> back in time, I think I'd like to see Patsy Cline. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, Patsy Cline. So well, tell us about yourself. We always like to know what people are excited about what things they're doing that we can applaud and support. How are things going for you? Yeah, things are going great. Um, So right now I'm the most excited about building teams. And so that has been a ton of fun recently. Um, At Elevation 180, that's the company that I'm currently working for. I started working with them um, last year and it has been so much fun. So they believe that everyone has a personal operating engine and that engine is powered by motivation, action, and skill. And so when you can align all three of those things. And again, into- that's motivation, yes. action, and skill. 
Motivation, yes. action, and skill. Yes. Didn't mean so, to interrupt you, but that's fantastic. Yes, it's a super, you know, it's a great combo because it really combines all three parts of the mind. And so when you can get all of those working together in harmony, and then you can apply that across the whole team, seeing the way people light up and seeing how much faster they can go and how much further they can go is really incredible. Um, you know, we've done that not only in our own company and also at the Y Institute, but with a bunch of different teams and seeing just how much faster they go is absolutely incredible. And people wake up with a smile on their face. They want to be there when they really, you know, have the motivation and know what seat they're supposed to be in and position they're supposed to play. It's a lot of fun to watch it all unfold. That sounds great. So two quick question. What is a surprising place where you found a team? that you didn't even think there would be a team there. So you must work with all sorts of different organizations. And there must've been one where you went, I never would have seen that coming, but how fantastic. <laughs> um, there's actually an organization here in Albuquerque. And it's interesting when you see a team that is built with a lot of like-minded individuals, mm -hmm. because that can be good because everyone's so driven towards the same thing, but that can also be their greatest downfall because if right. you don't have enough diversity, there's not enough, you know, thought in that. So if you have a lot of people with the why of challenge, let's say, and a lot of people with the why of better way, they're constantly innovating and moving things forward as fast as they can. And that is 100% needed. But you also need some right ways and some clarifies and things like that. People to start asking those questions to say, now, wait a minute, why are we doing this? Is this, you know, really going towards it? Is this going to drive the results we need? And so working with a team that didn't have that all rounded out, but seeing how far they did get initially without it was interesting. But when you started combining everything else and saying, okay, let's really get a well-balanced team. Let's get people in the right seats. All of a sudden, seeing it go from, you know, a small, well-known company to millions of dollars to even billions of dollars is so much fun to watch. And we actually encountered that with the New York company as well. And they are just thriving and it's so oh, much to see. So great. So I, it sounds like the difference between a car with strict square wheels and round wheels. Right, you know, exactly. You, you can make it go with square wheels, but it's nothing compared to round wheels. Um, nice. So, and I was also curious, you mentioned skill and I've always been intrigued by the difference between, if there is one, between skill and talent. How do y'all... When you look at that from 180s perspective, how do you tease out the difference between skill and talent? I would actually say those two fall in the same bucket. Okay. So for us, so motivation, that's where the why discovery and the YOS that falls in. That's where you kickstart everything. Right. That really is the motion that gets it going. And then you're an act, your action are the inherent natural abilities that you have. Are you naturally going to ask lots of questions? Are you naturally going to want to organize things? Are you more of a risk taker? Those type of things. When you know that, that's how you're inherently going to move forward. But then the skill that can be learned, that can be God given, that can be anything in between. So that's your IQ. That can be your talents, anything like that, that, you know, that can differentiate you. Even if the first two pieces fit together, if that last one isn't there, it's not going to work. It might work for a short amount of time, but it's not going to last. Not sustainable. Absolutely. Exactly. Fascinating. Well, 
We'll put in the episode notes how they can get in touch with you and learn more about 180. So that's good to know. So in your world, what does your perfect day look like? And it doesn't have to be a day where you win the lottery every day, but just a day where you look back at the day and you kind of go, that was a perfect day. So what's, Kelly, what's a perfect day? Gosh, so my perfect day, I love to swim. Um, And so if I could wake up and swim every morning, that would be my cup of tea. Like in a pool? In a pool. Laps or like open water swimming or it doesn't matter. Oh, no, I'm not really an open water kind of person. I'm an open water swimmer. So totally. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, that takes a unique person when you can't see the bottom <laughs> and everything around you. I, I'm too much of a control freak. For you have that to be one. able to need that line to go straight. It's really kind exactly. of so swimming right out of the gate. So before or after breakfast? Um, Before, oh. ideally. Yeah. Wow. If I can just have some coffee or some tea or something and get going, that's, you know, that's my perfect cup of tea. All the strokes or any stroke you want or sound like an accomplished um, swimmer. <laughs> I I mean I can do them all. I'm a breaststroker um okay. naturally so that's, you know, that's the one but you can't do that all the time. You know, got to mix it up a little bit. So, but yeah, I think I would start there and then we'll see where the day takes us, you know. There's always something to do with work, so figuring out what that is when I can build systems, I'm in my element. I could do it all day long. Um, If I'm having to brainstorm that day, that might not go as long or as well. Um, So I could do that all day. And then spending time with family. I recently moved back to Albuquerque after living in California for the past 11 years. Um, And that was great. I love to adventure. I love to travel. And so Mm -hmm. being on my own for that time was awesome. I, I learned so much, but all of my family's here. And so my grandpa's 88 years old. And so moving back, he now just lives a mile down the road and getting to spend time with him and my whole family every day um, has been really special. That does sound like a great day. (laughs) Wow. And I like the part about seeing what comes. That's one of the things I like about travel is it's kind of a, you know, go out the door, take a lift, see what you find, you know, that... uh, organic uh, experience. That sounds great. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part for a right way is just saying what's going to come because that's, (laughs) you know, usually there's a plan. If you could take a trip anywhere, where would you go? Gosh, I would go to Greece tomorrow in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, if, I, if someone said, hey, let's go, I'm that person that kind of always has one bag packed. So don't ask me if you don't mean it because yeah. I will join you. Um, Passport but, ready. Shots yes. taken. Yeah, I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Greece would be awesome. I did a program called Semester at Sea when I was in college and we got to go to 17 different countries and explore. Oh. And we got to go to Greece, but I was only there for two days. And so that's just, it's not long enough to get to know the culture and the city and experience everything. Well, if you go, you can go to Santorini, which is one of my favorites. And it's the type of island where if you want to, you can watch the sun rise and it's beautiful and watch the sunset and it's breathtaking. So fantastic. Well, season three of Hashtag Resilience is about our why and how it's a powerful cornerstone for resilience. So if you tell us a little bit about your why, and then 
tell us how you leverage that knowledge to make your life better. Yeah, so my why is right way. So how I think we've already said it a couple of times, but predictable results is my game. That's what I thrive on. And so having a why of right way, you know, right way is my motivation. That's what kicks off the day. That's what gets me up in the morning is figuring out the right way things should all come together. And so, you know, a lot of companies, especially when they're smaller, when they're startups, they can be very unpredictable. So someone with a why of right way doesn't usually end up in that environment, yet somehow every single move I've made, that is the environment I've ended up in. Um, yeah, it's interesting, but- There's a need there. They need right way. They do. They need a system. You can't have a scalable, sustainable outcome if you don't have a system and a foundation. I think that's what's so interesting is because we can get so caught up in the day-to-day and it almost seems like you're putting out fires instead of being proactive and building that solid foundation that can grow with you. And so everything that I do and I believe is that you need to create systems for what's predictable because then at the end of the day, you're going to have the time and energy for things that are unpredictable. Otherwise, you're just always spinning your wheels. So if you can get that in place first, everything else can grow from there. Yep. I believe anyway. So do you have a fun story about uh, how you leverage this uh, in your day-to-day life? Kind of where you kind of go, oh, and Eureka, that really made a big difference. A fun story. Yeah, let me think. It's interesting because at both Elevation 180 and at the Y Institute, the leaders of the companies have a why of better way. So I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you're That's not my why, I'm a better way. I oh, okay. I was gonna say if you're not familiar, but you are innately familiar with that one. So it's so interesting because they're always looking, how can we make this better? How can we tweak this? And I'm all about, well, what does the data say? And they're like, but if we do this, maybe then, and I'm like, no, no, no. What does the data say? And so it's a fun back and forth really in every single day. My dad is a better way. Another colleague of mine is a better way. And so I think I just am attracted to these people somehow. I tend to surround myself with them, but um, it literally plays out like that all the time. And it's one way and then the other. And we bounce back and forth every single day on every single decision. But then it's so much fun to watch when I'm like, just let me try it. And if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong, but I bet you I might be right. And so we go along. And once you look at the data, that's honestly my favorite thing. When I go into the Y Institute and I'm mentoring them on what do we need to do? How can we make this predictable? How can we grow? That's my first thing. And so I say, let's look at the data. We analyze that. And then we make decisions. And when it works and that faucet just turns on and everything happened the way it was supposed to, and you're like, great. I can bring on however many more people. Now we can move this. Oh, we can go so much faster. And it's just fun to watch the team have that win. Do you know what I mean? Instead of always being behind the ball, they're now in front of it. And they're like, let me tackle this. Let me run with it. Let me go. You know, the thing on my big board in the office, I always write in the top corner, do the math, because my instinct is not to do the math. And I kind of go, If it's a good idea, the math will support that. And Mm -hmm. if it's not a good idea, there's either no math to do, 
which means it's just an immature idea or somebody's already done it. So, but I, you know, like everything, I think so often they go together well. They do. It's a great and team. So that's the, you know, I love it. I, my joke is always the worst team in the world is eight of me. <laughs> eight of anyone, you know? Yeah. yeah. So really good to have that variety of, you know, everything. And I think it's good to have variety, not only of why, but of age, of gender, of rate of everything. So you get kind of the most perspectives. So that's fantastic. So our 531 plan about building a resilient foundation talks about having five people in your inner circle. And, you know, those are people that we spend the most time with. And it's, we didn't invent this, but many, many people kind of go, that's important. And we better like those people. And if we don't like those people, we better replace them because they're super impactful. We talk about three communities, and those are communities not that we lead, but that we participate in. So my example is always I go to yoga. You know, there's a yoga studio. There are people that teach yoga, but they need people to come in on time with their mat and sit down and follow instructions and leave. So that's a community, but there are all sorts of communities. Um, But we also joke if your community is a, a bowling team. And you belong to three bowling teams and you kind of go, I'm set. I'm in three communities. That's not the ideal piece. And I think in the pandemic, I kind of go, well, if one of them's virtual, that really helps you because there was a chunk of time where that really was absent. And we talk about a core belief, kind of something that no matter the weather, that's what we believe in. So five people, three communities, and a single core belief. So just today, which one of those resonates most with you? And how does it connect with your why? Um, I would say the five people resonate the most with me, to be honest. And um, it's interesting because a lot of them are in my family, but a lot of us are so different. So me moving away to California for the amount of time that I did gave me a very different perspective on things versus almost a little echo chamber that I was in here in Albuquerque growing up. And so having those five people that are all drastically different, but seeing them interact is so interesting. And even my own brother is as opposite of me as you can get. I have the why of right way. He has the why of challenge. I like, <laughs> you know, ends of the bell curve. Yes, 100%. I need all the information. He's like, let's just see what happens. And so, you know, having us to balance each other out, my parents always tease that if they could put us in a blender, we'd be the perfect person, just have a little bit of everything. But I think that's what makes the world go round is, you know, trying to figure out what all those different pieces are and having the tolerance and understanding to really listen to all of those around you and be able to grow from that because everyone has a point of view. And that's what's interesting about right way is I don't think I'm always right, but I do believe there is a right thing to to do or right way to go about it. But if you live in an echo chamber, you're never going to know what that right thing is because you're only hearing the voice in your head. You're not getting a little bit. I love this phrase echo chamber. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think that's a great concept, a great image. Yeah. So when I think of an echo chamber, I just think of, 
you in a small round, you know, not a box, but in a small round cylinder, basically. And like, that like every an, single, like an igloo. Yes, exactly. And every single sound that comes off just bounces and come back to you. So you could be the only person in there and you're still only hearing that one point of view. You could have 10 people in there, but if they're all saying the same thing, it's all just bouncing off and coming back to you. You're not able to open the door to see what else is out there, what else is behind there, so that that can actually influence your decision. And sometimes it might not change your decision, but at least it's good to have that perspective, I think. You know, when you were talking about that, I thought about in my doctoral work, you come up with a hypothesis and then you do experiments to, to and get results, which either verify your hypothesis or render it null. And in my personal life, I go, if I have a moment of inspiration, so this is how I really relate to echo chamber. If I, and I go, this is what I should do, sounding a little bit like your brother. If I'm reluctant or unwilling to share that with my inner circle, let's say, to verify it, if I'm unwilling to do that, there's almost a hundred percent chance that it's a bad idea. But it often gets shaped and refined and polished by the sharing. So that process of going from, if I'm always answering my own question, that's a nightmare because that, that it's like trying to grow a plant with no light of day. It's just never, it's just not going to happen. I love that echo chamber. Yeah, it's interesting. And I agree with you, but you, you do have to be careful with who you share those ideas with because. Well, yeah. So that's why the five people are really important because you could have, you could have five people that you wouldn't pick and that right. doesn't serve you very well. So I really work to have, you know, a variety of people that I'm in contact with. Um, so, and it would be fun to kind of go to get my inner circle and to have them all discover their why. We could have a little resilience initiative, YOS, just to kind of go, well, gosh, I'm short a, a right way person or I'm short a challenge person. I honestly would. Anyone that we work with nowadays, even if it's on a personal level, it doesn't have to be work. We, <laughs> we have them all take their YOS just because it's so, so fascinating and tells so much about a person. Yep. There's actually another assessment we use called the Colby A index as well that we use for the action portion of it. And my parents took that a long, long time ago when they first got married. And my mom swears that they would not still be married today <laughs> if it weren't for that assessment. And now with the why coming in, she says the exact same thing because it is so spot on. And when you can communicate with people, why to why it just, it's such a game changer for people. And I think that's, yep. it so makes, important. it makes things easier. I tell people it's fast, it's fun and it's insightful and it is. And I, I, you know, and it's great to have the right person lead you through it, but you don't have to go to class for a week to get the results, nor right. to leverage them. And I like that as well. Well, it's time for our super fun quick strike round. So first, what book are you reading? Oh, that's a great question. I definitely read more articles than books. I'm not going to lie. That's but, fine. What are um, 
Gosh. So there is currently, I'm going to jump back, even though I just said that. So there is this book by Google and it is the inner workings of everything they do, how they make decisions, how they go about things. And from a young, young age, I've been so fascinated with Google just because of how they've grown, the rate they've grown, even their campus is unlike anything else, how people work and think there. And um, so I need to look up the name, but I will get that to you. But to me, that is the most interesting book that I'm currently reading just on how to make decisions and do things, you know, in a way that a company of that level has done them. We'll, we'll put all these answers in the episode notes as well. Okay. So if you really need to get going, what song or music do you put on to uh, generate that uh, enthusiasm? Oh gosh, definitely country music. That's my fallback for everything. Um, and to wake up in the morning, let me or think. just to get going. If you kind of go, going. woo, I got to get going. It doesn't have to be in the morning. Honestly, I really like Thomas Rhett. Um, he is the one that I fall back on. All of his music is so upbeat and he's such a down to earth, just human being and his family just seems absolutely incredible. And his voice just really, you know, wow. I'll have to yeah. listen to that. I've never listened to Thomas Rhett. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, to trust the process because you're the author. I love that. Who told you that? Honestly, I read it on a sign the other day and it really just resonated with me because as someone with the why of right way, you're always wondering what's next, what's going to happen. Um, almost like you want, you know, a little golden globe to show you what the path is going to be. And I finally realized I, I get to decide that no one else gets to decide that. So we have a key role in how our life goes. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. You're the author. I like it. So what do you think the world's biggest problem is? That's an interesting one. I think, you know, so before my current role and what I'm doing, I worked in the tech world for about eight years and so seeing how fast technology changes just blows my mind. Yeah. And so, you know, the launch of Meta from Facebook, that's been very controversial, but that's the example I give, has come out very recently. Well, a lot of the things that they're building that on, we started looking at and we're playing with seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, well and going even before that. And so seeing, you know, that it took that long to get to here for it to get to the real market, things are starting to move so fast. It's not going to take seven, eight years anymore. It's going to take maybe two, three. And so normal people that don't know how to connect on the on purpose and connect at the highest level and communicate at the highest level and really make themselves valuable human to human, technology is going to replace that job. And so that's great in so many ways, but also to stay relevant you have to know, you know, what to do and how to stay on top. And so I think that's one of the world's biggest challenges, but also one of the world's biggest opportunities is to see how can you incorporate that and how can you grow even faster? Sounds like the real opportunity to embrace our authorship. Because um, a great line I heard was, have a plan for your life, because if you don't, someone else does, and it's not as good as your plan. I love that. Thank you, Kelly. It has been great to get to know more about the why of Right Way and the more about you and fantastic insight. And at the end, we say goodbye, listeners. 
Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for joining Hashtag Resilience. Please reach out to me with questions and subscribe so that we can fortify your resilience moving forward. Go to hashtagresilience.com, which is all one word, to learn more. Links and details from this episode are in the notes section. Spread the word.